Welcome back to the Cycle 365. This is episode, is it 19? Yeah, I think it's 19. Yeah, so it's episode 19. Today is February 3rd, 2020. Dang, we're already a month in. How about that? So, uh, it's a day after the Super Bowl, so that's what we're going to talk about. Jesse, obviously, was on an airplane, so we couldn't watch the whole thing. So we watched the highlights, which is pretty much everything he needed to see, right? Yeah. And then Cody was down in Centennial? Yep. Yes, and then I was in Aurora. Watching it with my Chiefs fan father. Good for him. He had to wait like 30 years longer than I did to watch his team win a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. I'm happy for Chiefs fans. In case yeah, you didn't know, they're the not Chiefs, that bad. Yeah, yeah, they're not that bad. I'm not a huge Chiefs fan, but I'm happy that they won. Like it was good to see them, like they won the game, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, it's great. Yep. It my, could be Raiders <laughs> winning it. That's exactly <laughs> what I, my dad actually said that yesterday because um, my grandpa was over on my mom's side, and he's a big Broncos fan. He said, oh, "I can't believe the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl." It's all your fault. He pointed out my dad, and he's like, I'm not a Raiders fan, so how mad are you? And he's like, okay, fair enough. That's true. It'd be a million, gazillion, fulfilling times worse if it was the Raiders. It was a long time coming for the Chiefs. They had some good squads in the past years. This probably wasn't their best squad in the past years, if I'm being honest, but, you know, they got the job done and they won it. So in case you didn't know, the Chiefs won, was it 30 to 20? 31 31 to 20. 31 to 20. So... Let's go initial reactions. Cody, what is your initial reaction following the Chiefs dub in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I wrote, I, so I took the Niners in our pick and league, but I wrote an article for Sant, and I took the Chiefs because I felt like the Chiefs defense was kind of slept on. And I feel like whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo's ineptitude on offense or the Chiefs defense or a combination of both, that they played pretty well. Like, you know, the Niners really had to stick to the run game to get it going. Sure. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes won MVP, but I think it... My biggest takeaway is it probably should have been Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams should have won MVP as well. We could talk about that in a bit. But those are my knee-jerk reactions, and the halftime show was phenomenal. The commercials were really good this year. They were. Yeah. They were really, really good this like. They've seriously been so bad the past, I want to say, like, half a decade. Yeah. They haven't been great. But this year, great commercials, great halftime, great game. And after last year's Super Bowl, I feel blessed that we just got <laughs> oh, an entertaining game. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fantastic experience. I feel really bad that you didn't experience any of it outside of the game. I got to see some of it on my phone, but then my phone died, so yeah. Oh, but I watched man. probably, a, like, equivalent to a quarter. <laughs> Okay, all that's it. tough. Yeah. But all right, so out of the highlights, what stood out to you, Jesse? What's your initial reaction? Um, well, I do. I did get more than like I watched the, pretty much most of the fourth quarter. Okay, good. So I got to see the actual part that count that, that counted, and I think it was just I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs have here. All right, keep going. Keep going. The Chiefs. Like a um, little kid with a juice ball. Sorry. Okay, go. Juice Sorry, box. I just interrupted you. For, okay. Yeah, for our, for our listeners, Simon and Jesse decided to stop the whole show just because I want some Capri Sun. Well, open. Finish opening. Let's Come go. Come on. Try on. It's, I was trying to be quiet, but no, our audience knows that. No, you, you can see it on the sound. All right, okay. I can get a little hungry. All right, go All right, ahead, anyways, Jesse. I'm sorry. Um, well, I know. I, as, it's like, as we saw throughout the playoffs that the Chiefs had to come back all three games, True. including the Super Bowl, by over 10 points. 
Um, and I think, as an offensive guy, it comes down to more of the fact that I think all three teams, the, the Texans, the Titans, and the 49ers here, they just went in to prevent offense. Like, they all got up over 10 points, and they just stopped playing offense, basically. And if, if anyone should have known that, it should have been the 49ers. Right. Because they had seen it twice happen in, this, in the playoffs already this year. Like, don't let off the gas when you play Kansas City. Like, all of the announcers were saying, this is right where they want them. Like, the Chiefs have been here before. Like, this isn't, this isn't anything new for the Chiefs. And the 49ers should have known that and should have just kept going. Like, they had – keep using Kyle Juszczyk. Keep throwing the ball. Like, obviously Jimmy G made some pretty bad throws. But in the long run, like, keep running your offense how you were their whole game. Like, I don't know why all these teams have gone in front offense. So Kyle Shanahan's kind of notorious for that. That's true. (laughs) He's earning a reputation in a bad way, which isn't good. Mm -hmm. But so to add on to that, my initial reaction: first off, great game by Mahomes and the whole Chiefs team. You know, it was a fantastic game. Niners played well too, but uh, the person that stood out the most to me was Jimmy Garoppolo, and in a bad way. So I felt like they play calling wise, they didn't let off the gas. But when your quarterback is not playing as well as he could then there's not much you could do. Because I know there was a third down in the fourth quarter where if, uh, what is it, if Jimmy Garoppolo converted it, I think they're up by four still? Or wait, by, sorry. Wait, yeah, what? no, they're up by four on the third, the third and 14, right? Yeah, no, 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 no not that one. Oh, okay. It was a little bit before. It, it, I, they might have been up by 10. Okay. So I'm pretty sure they're up by 10. Jimmy Garoppolo needed to throw the ball to, you know, to get a first down. And I, my brother, my older brother, he called it, and I saw it coming too. It was a little drag route by George Kittle. There was a little delay, and then he ran the drag, and he was wide open. But instead, Jimmy Garoppolo was caught looking towards the sideline for some reason instead of trying to get the first down. And he ended up – well, he got hit because it was a blitz with the safety. And so he ended up throwing an incompletion, which went to nobody. Uh, if someone was in that area, it probably would have been picked. But he missed George Kittle, who got wide open like – five or six yards wide open. And so that was a terrible play. And then, uh, what is it? So the Chiefs scored. They went up, right? The Niners had a chance to win. They had three timeouts. Jimmy Garoppolo, it was third down. He made a great read this time, so he didn't miss the read. He found Emmanuel Sanders. He ran a great route. Yeah, he ran a fantastic route. He got behind the safety. He was wide. Well, okay, not wide open. But in the NFL, yeah, that's like three yards. I'd say by NFL standards, he was open. You know, I would say wide open. Look, if you're behind the defense, three yards behind the defense, you're wide open. Well, I don't think he. He might have. I thought he had like a step or two on them. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was. He might have had yards. three. Like it, he was. It, like if he would have caught it, it he, bur- he burnt the, sa- the, the safety and, and the quarterbacks. Both of them. They they're thinking a higher power for Jimmy Garoppolo missing that pass oh, because yeah. they got exposed. Well, and well, it doesn't matter if it's Jimmy Garoppolo even. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo throws it within arm's reach of Emmanuel Sanders, it's a touchdown. Because yeah. Emmanuel Probably. will dive yeah. for those. Oh, yeah. For and he that. did try to dive for this one, but it wasn't close. He was at least at least six yards off, which is a lot yeah. for someone who's pretty much open. I'll have to look at it again. Maybe it was the angle that made it look like he wasn't as no, open as... He was, it was known within two yards of him. Either way, though, Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew him badly, and the pocket was clean, too, yeah. so I don't know why he was tripping. But he he missed the throw, and that's it. And then on fourth down, like the Chiefs brought a blitz, and they got him, and then that was basically the game. So in my opinion, I think Jimmy Garoppolo showed a lot of... Uh, 
his ceiling. I want to say he will grow and he'll get better and mature. But after a loss like that, where you do have chances where you could have won it, going back to that third down. Oh, even that pick in the first quarter where he... I don't know why he thought this was a good idea, but he was he was getting hit, and so he tried to throw it away instead of taking the sack, and he ended up throwing an interception that turned into a touchdown That's after would, that. If I was a coach, I'd always tell my quarterback, if you're throwing the ball away, that ball better be in the first row. Like Yeah, it wasn't. Like, always, because I've seen it so many times. There's Adoree Jackson is a great example of this a few years earlier when he mm-hmm. played for USC, and I was watching it because it was against Steven Montez in the Buffs. Yeah. And Steven Montez trying to throw the ball away, he throws it like a yard out, out of bounds, but Odori Jackson goes up and just absolutely Picks makes a off. ridiculous one-handed, one-foot-in catch. I'm like, if you're going to throw the ball away, throw it away. Yes, but in yeah, this point... Rashad Breland, it, he's like, oh my gosh, a gift! A gift yeah. from Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, for was, me, it fell into oh his hands. Gosh. It was way too easy, way too easy. Even like, so the blitz was coming pretty hard, and I feel like if Jimmy G knew... Like he did his due diligence with the film, he would have known that Bashad Breeland would be sitting in that area. So anyway, I wouldn't have tried to throw him there anyways. I would have just taken the sack because it was the blitz was coming quick. Uh-huh. So there was no way he was going to be able to get it out there, even if it was like I'll, I'll just be real, you know. So I thought he should have taken the sack instead of throwing a pick. Instead, he made a lot of mistakes. I feel like if Matt Ryan was in that situation, he definitely wouldn't have made the mistakes Jimmy Garoppolo would have or did make. I feel like a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't have made those mistakes. And if I'm being honest, Jimmy G didn't show up. He choked more than once. He was basically choking the entire Super Bowl away. And it was uh, like living off of his running backs and Kyle Juszczyk. So I don't know. I, pl- I think he I played know. decent in the beginning. Yeah. I would say I would say it was more of a choke. His than... his interception at the end was or at the beginning of the game was pretty bad. Yeah. Where he just Lobbed it up in the but air. But at the same time. But after Patrick, that, he was okay. He was taking what the defense was giving him, yeah. and he had more yards per completion than Patrick Mahomes did. At the same yeah. at the same time, Patrick Mahomes threw a bad pick like in the same quarter as well, right? No. The same quarter? It was, it was, it was like the, after? It was two quarters later. Okay. It, I, I do want to touch on that Patrick Mahomes, he should not have won MVP. He didn't really play all that... Spectacular. Uh, let's let's talk about that. I mean, because I think he made two really big plays, right? The third down, it was the deep one in the fourth to Tyreek Hill. He ran yeah. that in and out. I thought that was just, you know, it was great anticipation. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. There was one in the first quarter where he found Sammy Watkins deep, too. Um, it was on the left. He was on the left side. And so the safety was up top, the corner was trailing him, and he kind of, like, he anticipated it, so he threw it so that Sammy Watkins would have to stop in between the safety and corner and grab it, and then that, you know, that extended that drive. I think that was good, but to, just to plot Cody's point a little bit, Go on. even even the one you said about Tyreek Hill in the fourth quarter, like it's a big, that was the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the game. Yeah. It wasn't a good throw, it was just that Tyreek Hill ran away from everybody. I, yeah, like, it wasn't a good stop throw. And stand there for a two good throw would have been a touchdown. Yeah. He would have hit him a little bit earlier, but he was scanning through. Like you could see it mm-hmm. too. Which, but still, the fact that he was still able to make the throw, like he didn't overthrow him at Garoppolo, <laughs> and he didn't underthrow him at Garoppolo again. So there's that. He he found the guy. He made yeah. the throw, and he was under pressure too. At the same time, it was he didn't step into it. it was that was literally all arm talent. Yeah, he yeah, it yeah. Because he was getting pressure. This is back what we expect from Patrick at, at Joe Buck back when he yeah. was a baseball. <laughs> True. Back when Patrick Mahomes was a baseball. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's what we. I say that Patrick Mahomes didn't play up to the standard that we hold of A, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and B, the Super Bowl MVP. 
Yeah. Uh, Damian uh, Williams balled out. He I ran, thought he ran, sorry, go on. His average yards per carry was 6.1 yards per carry. Okay. He ran for a touchdown, and he also caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he made... He had the game-changing touchdown, which, if 49ers fans are really upset about that, they're wrong. Because it, it was a touchdown. Uh, but that's a, that's a side point. Uh, Damian Williams made big plays. He wasn't, like, he didn't play lights out, but he made the most important plays in the day. And at the end of the day, had the most touchdowns. How many rushing yards did he have in the game? He had 105. Or, wait, no, 104. Okay. And See, he had the and he had the game ender too. Yeah, but the game he put it away. So on the game ender, I watched that play a couple of times just to you know just to really look at it, you know, see if it was Damian Williams or the line or blocking. And it was a great touchdown, right? It was like a forty yard touchdown. So that's where a lot of his one hundred four yards came off of to begin with. So that you know, one hundred yards is good, you know, especially against this defense. But on that play, so I broke it down for real. Nick Bosa got pancaked. He just lost the matchup. He straight up got pancaked, and that left tackle whooped him and put him into the ground, and that's it. Yeah, and then I saw Anthony Sherman did an amazing job sealing the edge. Of the yeah, fullback. Sherman, he got out there. He he made a fantastic block on the linebacker. Is number 13 Sammy Watkins? No. no. Wait, who is that? That is, um, is, that? is that Byron Pringle? Because I did hear Byron Pringle was all over, all over the field on... Special teams. Because yeah. it was number 13, the wide receiver that was out there. He made a fantastic block on the corner. It was a per- it was as perfect of a block as you could get from a receiver, and he, no- he knocked out that corner. And then after that, I mean, Damian Williams had wide open space. So if he didn't score on there, then I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like the- he was- It was fantastic blocking. Interior lineman got pushed in. Nick Bosa got knocked out, basically. Uh, linebacker got knocked out. It was just great blocking. And so I think, as great as Damian Williams is, I thought it was just fantastic blocking by the team altogether. Um, on the receiving one, I, I'll i be real. like It was a touchdown, right? But let's say it wasn't called a touchdown. Do we really think there was enough evidence to overturn it for it to be a touchdown? Um, if it was called not a touchdown? Minus, like, just even before we even talk about that, I think okay. for 49ers fans and for Chiefs fans, like, I really don't think it mattered because well, no, on the next doesn't. play they're going to score anyway, so it doesn't matter if it got called back or not. Yeah, it does. I'm just talking in Damian Williams's case because I felt like, like I know he's a speed back and all that, but at that moment, because well, he caught the ball from Mahomes, I felt like he should have lowered his shoulder into Sherman instead of trying to beat him to the to the pylon. Because I felt be. like, yeah, I think he still be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. In the, but, in the history books, Damian Williams still I know, beat. I know, but like I said, like if it wasn't called a touchdown on the field, if they replayed it, would it have been overturned? If it wasn't called a touchdown and they said he was down at the one? Because if I'm being honest, if he was I feel like... Shoulder? No, if he did the exact same thing, but that was called not a touchdown. Instead so of instead of on the field where they called touchdown, oh, okay. they had to go to the booth to try and be a touchdown. I think it would yeah. be a touchdown. Really? Yeah. Like, there's undisputable evidence that he made it in. Yeah. I mean, after, like, watching through 30 angles, which... But this whole broadcast wasn't very impressive, but... Well, you know. They, um... I mean, there is one angle where his foot was in, and the ball just has to break the plane, you know? It doesn't well, yeah. have to be by a lot, and I feel like it was pretty obvious that the ball had hit the white before... Well, it didn't hit it. It was hovering above it. 
but yeah. you know what I mean. All right, yeah, I did. I did yeah. check. Number thirteen is Brian Pringle. Okay. Yeah. So he R- made a rookie receiver out of Kansas State. Oh, Pringle chips making plays. <coughs> yeah. He Great was, job. He was, he was a monster on special teams all game too. Yeah. So. See, it's the little things like that that count because he made a fantastic block on whatever it wasn't Sherman, but whatever quarter was on that corner. Keel Witherspoon. Yeah. Well, still though, it was a, represent. it was important. But uh, I mean, not nothing against Damian Williams. It's just like I know he played well, but that touchdown to me was a little iffy. He still made it in, but it was still a little Damian iffy. Damian Williams had less bad plays than Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, Mahomes had one bad play. Eh. So we we were kind of talking about this. Tyreek Hill should have caught that pass, but it was behind him. Which oh the on um, the second interception, yeah. It wasn't a great throw. No, yeah. but like there were some throws that I saw Patrick Mahomes did. Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Patrick did Mahomes got away with a dropped interception yeah, from Quan Alexander. Yeah, I think right it was. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to keep in mind. Uh, you know, how many times did he have a clean pocket? Because I feel like it was almost none. Like there, were, it was very rare he had a clean pocket. Because there was a lot of pressure. You had to throw from a lot of different angles. Like, at that point, it's just, can he get the ball out I in mean, time and could it be in that area? I'd like to clarify something. Okay. The Chiefs still won this game thanks to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He didn't lose them the game. No, 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 no. He didn't. Obviously. I'm just saying, I don't know if he was the most valuable player. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, like I'm keeping in mind, like, this, is, this front line of the 49ers defense is the best. And they gave a lot of teams trouble. I know, but like, so. when I think of MVP, I don't think of defend him with the pass rush that was happening and defend the bad throws and, you know what I'm oh. saying? Like, there's kind of this is kind of turning into a laundry list of all the reasons that Patrick Mahomes didn't play lights out. Boy, I mean, it is though, because like, if I'm just being real, if Drew Brees or who else did they play? Aaron Rodgers, right? Just Drew Brees. Wait, hold up. Did they play Drew Brees? Are you talking about the Niners? No. The Niners, sorry. Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If I'm being honest, if they did at least half of what you know Mahomes did, then maybe the Niners wouldn't be here. I'm just being honest. Well, we all know Kirk Cousins wasn't going to do anything. No, Kirk Cousins wasn't. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers definitely could have, but he didn't. <sighs> and I feel like Aaron Rodgers has a way better line than Mahomes and was had cleaner pockets, but... I'm just saying. See, you know. the Chiefs offensive line really isn't that bad. Mitchell Schwartz allowed one pressure the entire postseason. Uh, I I just hit you with the stat, and you're going to say, eh? Well, yeah, that's one out of five. And, like, the, the pockets weren't that disgusting. And they pushed the Niners' defensive line when it came to run blocking. They even got called for a legal man downfield one time because when they were pass blocking, he literally pancaked whoever he was on. It was Eric Fisher, too. Like, yeah. he's not great, but he pancaked somebody and accidentally went downfield looking for another block. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I just, I don't, I think Mahomes did enough because it wasn't just those big plays either. He was getting third down plays, too. He also scored that first touchdown because it was a shaky start for Kansas City, and then he calmed them down. He got them in the end zone, so there's that. And then, you know, there are a lot of third downs that he converted. Like, um, it was in the third or fourth. I'm pretty sure it was in the fourth where he dove for that third down to continue the drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was pretty clutch. Um, in the first quarter, there was that little thing where he, I mean, he tried to get in there. I'm pretty sure he did, which I, I mean, we all saw it. The little hit that uh, they put on him while he was sliding. 
I felt that like that was definitely unnecessary. You mean um, you mean when he fumbled it? Yeah, that was not necessary at all. That was right what? at the ball. No, that's not. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Patrick Jimmy Mahomes, Ward hit the ball. Patrick Mahomes did like look like he was starting to slide, but he was not in a slide whatsoever yet. See, that's that's tough to call. I don't. Think I don't they, know I think they it right because it looked like he was sliding. Obviously, like his feet were down, like not down, but like they're facing. I don't think so. The yeah. way where he was sliding, like yeah, I don't I mean, know. It, like okay, no, if you watch no, play, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, look at his eyes on it. He starts to slide when he sees Jimmy Ward flying. <coughs> Because he looks and he sees Jimmy Ward yeah. and his eyes widen because he's like, oh my gosh, I'm about to get obliterated. Uh-huh. So I so Jimmy Ward's already in motion. If you slow, if you slow the thing down, after he crosses the first down line, okay, and he he sees the end zone, he launches forward like he's about to lower his shoulder, sees Jimmy Ward coming in, tries to start, but at that time he's already getting hit. All right. Anyways, <coughs> so I so me that, agree. I don't think, is, I okay. do not think it was a necessary reference whatsoever. I in real time it looked a little. You know, iffy. Like it looks like one of those plays that you would definitely overturn, but like in real time, it does. I don't know about that. I Unless like you were down on the, the field. The refs did a pretty good job this game of just letting him play. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of Niners fans would be like, "Ooh, the offensive pass interference, Con George kill," and it didn't end up really mattering. No, so. it didn't. I mean, but still, though, it's just that that was something that I really didn't like. I thought it wasn't that bad. You know, and then I mean, they didn't call that on Mahomes, and they didn't call Jimmy Garoppolo getting shoved, which I thought might have been even well, th- that know. might have been an he easier was, call because Jimmy Garoppolo was heading for the side. Well, yeah, but like he was still in bounds. I don't think either hand on the quarterback should have gotten called. I think they got it right. Yeah. yeah, they got it. No, I'm saying they got it right. But if they were going to call either of them, they probably should have called the Jimmy Garoppolo one. Uh, but they didn't call either of them because no. at the same time, just though, I don't play. think they. Come, I don't think they like. <laughs> Protecting the quarterback's that good because I saw multiple replays of Patrick Mahomes getting hit in the face. That's true. By yeah. w- by hands in the, hands in the air. And Jimmy Garoppolo was getting leveled. Yeah, throughout so, that game. Yeah, I don't think I think they said Super Bowl quarterbacks free game. Yeah. yeah good <laughs> luck. They said good luck. Yeah, it happens. Anyways, I mean both played well. Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams. I just like I said, like you know Patrick Mahomes. I think is a very special quarterback. I think at this point it's. Like easy to say that he's the best quarterback in the league, and if we're talking about faces of the league, he might be that as of now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not disputing Patrick Mahomes' legs here. I'm just saying in this particular game. Oh no, I know, but like, I mean, still. and he still played good. I yeah. mean, the Chiefs still came back because of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, and the 49ers defense, like, it's still the number one defense like this season. You know, so like, it's not like there are a bunch of scrubs. You know, what I'm saying this is easily the best defense that the Chiefs had to play. Up to date. So, yeah. yeah. And they got it done. I feel like um, a good swing of events for the Chiefs was when they started going into the hurry up. Because then they gassed out the defensive line Mm -hmm. and there wasn't nonstop pressure, and the 49ers had to actually start calling blitzes. Because they don't really call blitzes that much. No, they don't need to. No, no. But then they started calling blitzes, and then that's when Patrick Mahomes really just took them apart. Versus the other, the flip side of that coin, where the Chiefs calling blitzes on the 49ers worked, yeah, because Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure is bad, and that's uh, that's pretty red flag. So let's let's talk about it. So we talked about this game. Let's talk about the futures of these two teams. Uh, Let's start with the loser. Where do the where do the Niners go from here? I mean, they're I stuck think, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Niners... Okay. You said... I think he does... I agree with you in the fact that he has he has a little room to grow. 
Yeah. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, this is his first full season of actually being an NFL starter. Yeah, and that's impressive. You know, that's impressive. Yeah, so I think, moving forward, I think I think the 49ers, they are the youngest team in the NFL. Are they? Yeah. That makes me really sad. They are. Okay. Um, so they're the youngest, <coughs> and they have Kyle Shanahan, who I still think is a good young talent at coach. Sure, yeah. So I think going, moving forward into the next year, I think they're going to have some good draft picks. I think... They'll sign a few people, and I think they're right there competing again next year. I think I don't know if they're the number one seed, but I definitely think they're in the playoffs next year. Well, who do we? So I mean, yeah, I agree, but like, uh, let's let's get specific. Like, who would you like to see the Niners pick up, either in the draft or free agency well, to help out this team? Here's the hardest thing to do is like, after going through this season, everyone's thought that they have three starting running backs. Yeah. So who's going to be the running back in that backfield next year? I think. Well, I, all of them are signed for two more years at least. I know. So I think. So. I think you got to keep Tevin Coleman. I think the running backs are found Tevin Coleman and Raheem Moser. I think those two need to go. Yeah. You need to start. They might be able to get some draft value out of Matt Breida. Yeah. 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 And that's they what they should do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I said, they all have two more years after yeah. this one, yeah. so, so they're they're you good. Could, you could trade Matt, Matt Breida. I yeah. think. You could trade one of them for sure. I think you need to continue to work on the offensive line, like always, okay. especially because Joe Staley's old. Yeah, he's, he's old. He's on his <laughs> so way. who knows how much longer he's gonna go? Okay. So why not go get another good starting offensive lineman? Tackle or guard? Tackle. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 the more tackles you get, then the <laughs> less you have to put McGlinchey on the outside. I feel like he's a better guard too. Mm-hmm. Um, he could hold his own on that. I also outside. think. But you're right. Okay, and then I think I don't know. Their defense is all right. Maybe I think I'd like to see them on the defense. I get another corner. I think they definitely need another. Uh-huh. I don't know about Richard Sherman. I think this might be like so okay, like he was that, good. Then you need, then, then you need two. You're saying two? They might need two. Because I honestly at this point I I would feel a little bit more comfortable moving Richard Sherman to safety. I think it's time. I don't know if I want Sherman at safety. I do because he's a zone guy anyway. So put yeah, him but back he at plays safety. his side. There's a difference between playing like your half, your third of the field, versus mm-hmm. playing the field. Yeah, but like I think he could do either though, because he's look, just think about it. He's a six-three safety who'll be back there. He's a smart guy, so most of the time he'll know where he's going, right? And are you uh, talking free or strong? Uh, I would hope free because I don't think he can play run support. Like no, like no, he can't play run support. NFL. So yeah, probably free. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking you can or you could have him at corner and just see what happens. But let's be real, he's on the he's been on the wrong side of thirty. So that's that's a toss up. If you want to see what happens with that, I mean you're stuck with him either way. But if we saw, I mean we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, I guess it was really only once that I could remember. And it was Sammy Watkins catching yeah. that pass over him that Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes threw well. It was a great route and a great throw. Yeah, but I mean, well wait, was that the only time Sherman got burnt? Yeah, yeah. they allowed Which, all the underneath stuff. Yeah, because yeah. the Niners didn't want to get burned deep. Yeah, and so the only deep bomb was Jimmy Ward's fault because he's terrible. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't well, know. I Maybe he didn't play terribly. He didn't play terribly. Maybe I could see moving him to free and then getting two corners. It's just gonna be tough yeah. to get two. Well, I don't know. Like, go sign a Chris Harris, like. Yeah. Or so I mean, they could just draft corner. Like, yeah, Bryce Hall. I could, yeah. Well, because they're gonna. I'll have, cry. I'll cry if Chris Harris goes <laughs> to the Forty ers Okay. Anyways, but the Forty ers are gonna have what thirty first pick. Yeah, 31st. They have their pick. So Bryce Hall, is, I'm assuming, is going to be there based on my information. Who's the who's the corner from Virginia? Virginia, yeah. Who was, in the beginning of the year, one of the number one number one or number two corners in the draft. Yeah. And he's still he, good. Yeah, he has dropped quite a bit. But 
in his draft stock has. But I think that's a guy that they should target okay. in the draft. Um, and then I think for the last thing I'll say, what I like to see the 49ers do, is go get a backup quarterback that will push Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, like draft a guy or, or either one? I don't know about drafting a guy because of you give so much money. Like, But go get like a guy like a Marcus Mariota or Ooh. like something like that to push him. That could be very interesting. I wonder how much money they have left. I think they still have a solid amount. A lot of their players are on rookie contracts. Okay, so That's they fun. do. So the youngest, remember, yeah. yeah. That might be uh, so go get a guy like Marcus Mariota or who else? Jameis Winston. <laughs> I don't I'm know just about kidding. that. Don't do that. Ryan <laughs> Tannehill. If Tannehill. Well, Tannehill's going to resign. No, yeah, they, I think they already offered him. Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Tom Brady just. <laughs> oh. Tom Brady to the Niners? I think Tom Brady's going to You imagine if Jimmy Garoppolo got benched for Tom Brady? I mean, Tom Brady... the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire he's, life. He's been a Niners fan for a while, right? I, he's from the Bay. Yeah, so he's from there. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. I just have... I, don't, I, think, I think he's going to stay in New England, I really do. Especially after his commercial. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the commercials <coughs> in a second. Yeah. But, um, Simon, what, what... If you're the general... If you're John Lynch... Okay. For the 49ers, what are you doing this offseason? Well, I agree with Jesse. I'm definitely getting corner. Um, like I said, well, I guess I didn't say this because I wasn't on the podcast last week. Uh, hi, I'm better. <laughs> but anyways, I picked, I picked the Chiefs before they said it. And my reason behind this was because I didn't trust the corners or the secondary of the, can, or sorry, of the San Francisco 49ers. I knew their front seven was solid. Like, they're great. But I don't think... The you know the secondary really could have held Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, even Damian Williams. If I'm being honest, and it showed, and that's why they won. And so I'm straight up, I'm going for a corner. You know, if it comes to trading one of my younger safeties and a draft pick to move up to get a better corner, then yeah, I'll do it because I feel like this is a team that could go back, assuming you know they uh, they stay in the right mindset. I think. I don't know if the 49ers defensive coordinator will stay or leave, but if he does leave, uh, I would look for a veteran guy. To take. I don't know if he's gonna leave because all what of the, jobs yeah, are all of open the coaching right jobs are still already taken. I mean, maybe he might yeah. coach, be a head coach at like an SEC school. But I doubt that. I think he's gonna be there next year. Yeah, I think he will be too. But I'm just saying, if he does leave, uh, I'm at this point I'm looking for a veteran uh, leadership on that coaching staff because. Kyle Shanahan, he's, I'll be honest, this this isn't great for his legacy. He's looking worse than Andy Reid did coming into this. So, because we know he lost that Super Bowl for the Falcons, so there's already strike one. And this is strike two, because he should have won it. But at the same time, I don't think it was really his fault. It was Jimmy G's, but still, he should have got Jimmy G more ready then. And, yeah, I think they need some more stability. And it's really hard bouncing back from a Super Bowl loss, you know. That's a that's a big thing because you have yeah, a lot. Look what happened to the Rams this year. Oh yeah, and we're talking and about a lot of young guys. Yeah, they did make the playoffs, and like I said, or like you said, they're the youngest team in the league. We're talking about a lot of young guys who's never experienced something like this ever before on any scale. Yeah. If I'm being honest, Nick Bosa never has had this disappointment. No, especially Ohio State, he just wins everything. Oh yeah, and you know you got to be in a position to win everything too. But yeah, and so it's. It's going to be interesting to see mentally where they are at. How, like, let's see how strong of a leader Kyle Shanahan is, how strong of a leader Jimmy G is, how strong of a leader Richard Sherman is, and let's see where this team comes could go. Because if I'm being honest, I don't know if they make the playoffs um, based on where they are at mentally. 
Because they have, they have the talent, but I don't know if they could do it. Well, you know what they could do? If I'm John Lynch, I go to Greeley, Colorado, and I pay for Cody Stauffer's schooling to be a sports psychologist to help my team win a championship. John Lynch, pay for my master's and doctorate degree, and I'll get you a ring. There you go. You've heard it here first. Bart, uh, or did you have anything you wanted to add to that? I mean, cornerback is definitely the most glaring need. They were swapping their second quarterback, cornerback, in and out constantly. Yeah, that's not They had good. a rotation going, and they need to find a safety, I think, because yeah. Jimmy Ward is a liability, yeah. period. Or we saw it multiple times. I'm, they could... But I feel like it's easier to find a young free safety that's better than Jimmy Ward. Okay. Because you don't have to be that much better than Jimmy Ward to not be a liability on defense. No. Because he's really bad. But that's definitely the number one thing is addressing cornerback and free safety and getting young at the line. So just the, the defensive secondary. That's what they need yeah. to work on. Secondary is a – and you can find – like you just need bodies out there that are large. And it's easy to learn when you have a front seven who's doing a lot of the work for you. So there's that. Yeah. But all right, so Jesse started that one. So, uh, Cody, how about you start with Kansas City? What's the next move for them? How do they build a dynasty? Let's say that. Oh. Easy. It's easy. You, to build a dynasty. Well, here, have Cody do it because you okay. did. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll come back around. Well, jeez. Oh, I don't want to plan the Chiefs dynasty. but Well, just as a GM. I'm, Think about yeah. it as the Broncos, but in red. Don't ever say that, <laughs> literally ever again. Oh my god. That's like, going to be the name of this podcast. <laughs> Broncos but red? Yes. Uh, All right, go but on. anyways, I mean, you have to hold on to the key pieces. And I feel like when you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a lot of flexibility on like who you can and can't keep. Yes. Like I feel like if they're going to try and keep... I don't know what their contracts currently look like, but out of everyone on the offense, you have to retain Travis Kelsey... He's locked up. And Mitchell Schwartz. And beyond that, I feel like most of the other guys are replaceable. What about Tyreek Hill? Tyreek is, there, is Tyreek Hill replaceable? Is yes. there a reason for concern for... Well, so, outside of him being replaceable, uh, I really don't think his legal concerns are gone. So... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like the sooner the Chiefs get out of this relationship with Tyreek Hill, it'll stop beating him up. Just because... <laughs> That's not a great joke, but go on. But, no, I, I feel like Tyreek Hill is not... I feel... that That's not really what the Chiefs are about. No. Like, most of the time, whenever they've had a player who's had off-the-field issues, they usually get rid of him. And they're just keeping Tyreek Hill because he's fast, but yeah. speed doesn't last forever. That's true. So I feel like, you know, whether it's this draft or the next draft, they just try and get a speed receiver and just recreate Tyreek Hill... Or just a receiver. Just run. That's and they true. need... If I'm the Chiefs, I'm going to try and get a big-bodied receiver yeah. to complement the rest of the offense. Because you have Travis Kelsey, right? But, you know, he plays in between the hashes a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You don't see him go outside. But if you find an outside receiver who's T. big, Higgins. like T. T. Higgins, Higgins. Yeah. That, that would make this Chiefs offense even worse than it already has been as far as for other teams to defend. That's true. Yeah. That was the worst way I could have worded it. And then <laughs> okay. I feel like also you have to build off of the success that you saw at the end of the year with the defense. Because yes. the defense was the liability for the Chiefs last year and why they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But this year, their secondary played really well. Yeah. And I mean really well. Smith, I believe is his name, or Chase Smith. Is that his name? Wait, who? Cornerback two. 
No, so it's Kendall Fuller and Bashad Breland. Mm-hmm. Well, not Kendall Fuller. He wasn't good, but they. Is it Breland? No. Bro. Hold up. I mean, those are their two corners. It's Chase Ward. Chase Ward is the other cornerback. They can let go of Kendall Fuller. He wasn't, or whatever yeah. his name is. He's not that good. Ken, wait, Kendall Fuller? Yes. He made that last interception at the end, though. I mean, bro, his passer rating on him was over, like, 100 this year. Yeah. Versus Ward, he held opponents' passer rating to, like, below 70. Well, did he play a ton? Because I know... It was his first starters... year as a starter. Okay. Ward's was. So, I, I'm saying you need to build off of the positives that you got in the secondary. What, like, the Chiefs low-key have a pretty good secondary with Breland, a young Ward, and then Tyron Matthew. Yeah. And... If they can get their defense to play at the same level that it did during the postseason, that's how you get a dynasty. Because oh, yeah. their defense was un- not talked about enough and underappreciated. They did great this postseason. They held Derrick Henry to like no yards. They put the blitz on Jimmy Garoppolo, and they just played their opponents' weaknesses so well. And a huge shout out to their coordinator that I think that they have to hold on to. Spagnola. Yeah, yep. Steve Spagnola. Spagnola. Yeah. He's one he of the better defensive. Defensive uh, coordinators in recent memory. He is, yeah. He actually did a really good job. And I'm impressed how he got them going. Uh, also, did y'all see Tyron Matthew? Well, I guess you didn't see it, but Tyron Matthew was like throwing a, well, not throwing a fit. He was yelling at his, um, what is it, at, at the defense. But yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew was yelling. He was ripping into his Chiefs defense. It was pretty bad. <laughs> like, you could see, you could see the, the words he was saying for sure. But uh, he fired them up, and they played way better the second half, too. And so that, that shows a lot. Did y'all see that, though? Did I really see? did. Yeah. And I thought that they needed it. They needed the kick in the butt. Oh, yeah. And that's good. See, uh, look how far he's come, too, from smoking weed and scoring around at LSU to winning a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And being a leader, too. Not a role player, but he, he was a leader. He's come a long way. And a Pro Bowl alternate. alternate. And a Pro Bowler, yes. He's come a very long way, so I'm proud of him. But, um, all right, so let's talk specific upgrades. What would you upgrade specifically? I mean, I, I said wide receiver. Yeah. Um, they've been needing to replace Eric Fisher since they drafted him. Right, He's so been there for so long. That's what I was going to say. I was going to oh, say, yeah. to, to make the dynasty, to continue the dynasty for the Chiefs, they needed to protect Patrick Mahomes. That's... Yeah. That's how they make a dynasty. Protect the goods. Yeah, so... They're glad Mahomes is good because they... Yeah, I don't know. This line struggled a bit, I'll be honest. So, they need some offensive linemen, obviously. I think... Yeah. Uh, that's tough because I don't know about this draft class being the best for offensive line. No. But it might um, just help I having mean, new blood late, in there. That late. Like, that late in the draft. Like, there's some good ones at top of the draft. Board, yeah. But they'll all be gone, most likely, by the time the Chiefs are on the clock, so... See if Joe Thomas will come out of retirement... <laughs> No, he doesn't look like a lineman anymore. You're right, he's actually going to lean. But anyways. But yeah. um, I mean, so I think it might just help getting some new blood in there too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just getting some people in there. Uh, what about receiver? Because Sammy Watkins already said he's thinking about not retiring, but taking a season off. Well, so. I did suggest T. Higgins earlier. Yeah. I, think T. I feel Higgins. like they could get T. Higgins yeah. too, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, it'd be scary because I've, I've seen things. The LaVisca Chenault falls that far. Yeah, he can. 
LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. That would be bad. I'll be so he's sad. Basically, he's basically Tyreek Hill, not quite as fast, but way bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's he's basically because he, he's just as fast and as big as Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, like, I'd say uh, there's a Julio Jones comparison there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. The Andrew Whitworth and Anthony Costanzo are both free agents at left tackle this year. If the Chiefs scooped up Anthony Costanzo, that would suck for the rest <laughs> of the league. Yeah, Costanzo would be a good pickup. Whitworth might have one more good year left. Though. Yeah, Whitworth would be a short-term solution, yeah. which might be okay for the Chiefs if they're just trying to go back to back and maybe look two years into the future. That's true. And then, then they could draft somebody, you know, to sit behind him because Whitworth is a good teacher too. I feel, and so you help him. You know, he could, you know, mentor that entire offensive line, which would do wonders for them. Um, Let's see. What about so. running back? Think they need to address the running back position? Yeah. I feel like any running back could be in the Chiefs system and ball out. Yeah, I think nothing against but Damian, Damian Williams, Williams is good too. Yeah, Damian Williams is good, but mm-hmm. I don't. Eventually, think, you're gonna have to pay him though. I don't think. I think they should just part ways with Sean McCoy. I think he's just well, yeah. a cap space person. Did he even? He didn't no, play. He, didn't he, play wasn't, he wasn't active. He wasn't active. Yeah, which. Oh well. Bro, people are going to be like, oh, LaShawn McCoy got a ring. It's like, so yeah, and he contributed uh, 0%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, yes, you do draft a running back because if you lose Damian Williams, then, then what? I could see. I mean, J.K. Dobbins could fall that far. That'd be a very good fit. See, I think uh, you could draft. I feel like the Chiefs, if they're going to draft a running back, they really don't need to worry about it till like the third or fourth round because uh, even when. Okay, here's let's think of like a quick history of like the Chiefs running backs, right? They have Damian Williams now. Yeah. They had Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. And before Kareem Hunt, they had Charkandrick West and yeah. Spencer Ware, who both played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And before that, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, yeah. The, like, no, no, no. Charkandrick West was averaging over five yards per carry behind the Chiefs line. Mm-hmm. And it was when they were even worse than they are now at yeah. run and pass blocking. So I really feel like Andy Reid's system is... Pretty quarterback friendly or running back friendly. Just thinking of all the running backs that have succeeded in his systems, I feel like you know it's more about that. If you could just find someone who's athletic, they'll succeed in Andy Reid's system. Derrick Henry to the Chiefs. No, no. Um, I think <laughs> a good a good guy. I think they could. Uh, I don't remember his exact name, but he's from Appalachian State. I think that's a guy that they could go for. He's a little bit under sleeper, a little bit smaller in stature and size. But the Chiefs don't care about that. Yeah, but he's the athletic guy that you just said. Okay. He can do everything. I think as long as they add a running back, just, you know, add, add some depth, you know. And then, cause, and also, like I said, I don't know if they're go, if they're about to pay Damian Williams a max contract for running backs. I got, I, I got it. I got the running back. I just thought of it. Who? Xavier Jones, SMU. SMU there, oh, back. perfect. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I love that pick. Yeah. Because you know you can he's get him a workhorse. In the third round. You can get him in the third round. He's a workhorse. He mm-hmm. is really athletic. I saw him play in person. Like, yeah. he's a dude. So yeah. he's a he would be a steal. Yeah. Loki, some people were cop or comparing him to Reggie Bush, but stronger. Yeah. I saw some of yeah. that. No, I, yeah. After that I watched one him run. Play in, like I said, I watched him play in real life. It was. Oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah, I think that would actually be perfect. Yeah, I think that'd be I wouldn't mind if they, if, you know, they just took him in the first. Because I think he, I don't, I don't know about first round talent, but at that go, point, it's early second. He won't go in the first. He probably won't even go late second. Like, I think you can get him in the third. Okay. Chris Thompson is also a free agent this year, and I feel like he'd be, be a really good, good fit yeah. for the yeah. Chiefs offense. I feel like he's just like, when healthy, a better Damian Williams. And I feel like the Chiefs could sign him for really cheap. 
on a one-year kind of prove-it deal mm-hmm. where he just catches, like, 60 passes. Especially from Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes loves to throw his he, running backs. Yeah, <laughs> he loves to dink them right in the head. If any running back who turns their head around faster, Patrick Mahomes will take in a heartbeat. Because if there's one thing Damian Williams does, he doesn't turn his head around, he, he just gets doinked in the head or yeah. gets the ball sailed over his head. Yeah. So we'll... Anyways, I upgrades, think, okay, you know. I, so... We said this for the 49ers. I said that I think the 49ers will make the playoffs next year. Okay. I don't think they'll be in the Super Bowl, though. I think next year, I think the Chiefs do get the one or two seed in the AFC. Yeah. But I don't think they make the Super Bowl. I don't think they make it either. Cause I, I, don't think, I don't think Lamar Jackson let that happen again. No, I'm, yeah, I'm keeping yeah, my eye I'm on a, Lamar, too. I'm afraid of Lamar this upcoming season because yeah. I thought he was on a revenge tour this year. I feel like it's only going to be worse for the rest yeah. of the league. If I'm being honest, like, I mean, because I heard it from y'all too a little bit. But, like, I feel like a lot more people hated on him after he lost his playoff game, even though he put up stats, though. And I don't know. If I was Lamar, I'd be really mad. Like, like, what do you mean? I'm the league MVP, and I put up all these stats, but y'all still think I'm a running back, which is insane. I and think, they know who yeah, they I are. think next year but. the AFC number one seed is the Ravens, and I think they make the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I feel like the gap in the AFC is closing, too. It is. With, right. with the Patriots not being what they once were. They're about to fall off. No, they really are. I bet you within a few years they're not going to make the playoffs. <coughs> so, like, it might with, be with them year. not being what they are, and then with so many younger quarterbacks Let's stepping be honest, in. I hate to say it, but the Steelers yeah. are also dropping off as well. Whoa, okay, wait, 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 wait. How are we, gonna, <laughs> how are we dropping off? This, this was our lowest point, and we went 8-8. Eight and eight. Who's saying, your quarterback? I'm just saying. Big not, Ben. He might go. In, he might go seven and seven and nine next year. So, so you're saying Big Ben would do worse than Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges combined? Yep. <laughs> next no. year he might. No, <laughs> Bro, you haven't no seen way. him play for a year. We saw him play in the beginning of the season. Anyways, all right. I, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, okay. I feel like the Browns aren't going to be bad forever. No, I feel not. like we'll this see. is. This, I feel like Freddie Kitchens was a horrible coach. Yeah. We, we've talked about this the mm-hmm. entire season, but I feel like the Browns, after, you know, they had these high expectations placed on them, they were a young team, they'll kind of bounce back and be a bit more competitive this year. You yeah. have The AFC West yeah. is getting stronger, too. Yeah, because Broncos. The, the Raiders are going to want to show up because they're in Vegas now. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the Chargers are bad, but that's besides yeah. the point. The Chargers and aren't going to get better. Drew Locke went 4-1. and one. In the month of December, yeah. yeah, as a start, and you know, obviously I'm a Broncos fan. Obviously, I've got to pump up the Broncos, but we're legitimately an improving team. Mm-hmm. Let's yes. also and honest, Deshaun the Watson AFC, has another year. The AFC South looks good. Like they, True. like the Colts could could always be there. I think the, the Colts Titans are... can be there, and the Texans can be there. So, oh, that's true. And if the Jaguars ever figure out how to run a stable organization, maybe they too yeah. can be there. If Gardner Minshew becomes a starter, which I hope he does, and then he you know, develops more than where he's at right now, I think uh, that's an interesting Jaguars team we're looking yeah. at. So yeah. the AFC's only going to get better, mm-hmm. so I yes. feel like that's... Well, the Buffalo, Bill, the Buffalo Bills will still be there as well. Yeah, and Josh Allen will have another year. Mm-hmm. If you have not with the Dolphins. We'll, we'll, so we're going to talk about every single team during the offseason at one point. That's fair. And that's do, fair. like, so we'll go more in-depth than that, all right? So we'll, we'll cut this off right well, here. What we're trying to say is the Chiefs' path to the Super Bowl is not going to be as easy, easy next year. No, it's going to get harder, and that's fair. I, what's important is that they got the one now, because a lot of people don't. And, <laughs> you know. Can't relate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same. 
But it's important they got it now. I'm happy for their fans. They've had to wait so long. Mm-hmm. We're all lucky here that we got to see our teams win one in our lifetime, and we remember it too. So there's that. Yeah, but, my team didn't win a Super Bowl 50 years ago. That's true. You know, but I'm trying to be a coach and win multiple Super Bowls, so I'll see tons of Super Bowls that I remember for my well, team. Me too. It's good. <laughs> Hoping so. I don't. Are, are you on board with this, Cody? Yeah. Are, okay. are you on board with winning well, Super Bowls? Yes, I, yeah. I'm on board with well, winning Super Bowls. Well, you didn't say anything because you didn't jump on it right away. I, yeah, I feel but, like it was unspoken. Yes, I would love to win Super Bowls. What? Hey, I'm trying. I said, to be, I'm trying to get five for each hand. To be honest, I'm see? trying to be the first Asian in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Wait, but did, did you see? Make it? He's not. No. And also, he's not full Asian, so there you go. Anyways, yeah. real fast. Real fast. Real Did fast. you see, like, the 100 year when they were introducing all, the all-time team? Bill Belichick goes, flex on <laughs> He goes like spot, this. Like, in all he, of his rings. Yeah, he waves no. his fingers up and goes <laughs> <Yeah>. like this. <laughs> we'll show you the video after, but. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, that picture of Peyton Manning taking a selfie with Tom Brady? Somebody put, Peyton Manning taking a selfie with a fan. <laughs> Oof. All right, on that note, so football is not over. We have the XFL coming this week. So we'll uh, give a little preview of that because it's the inaugural season. It is. First game's on Saturday. Yep. All right, coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Cycle 365. Um, I would say we're your premier, you know, news source for XFL news, but... Well, I, I guess there's nobody else. So, yes, <laughs> well, we are your premier source. We're not Fox, though. Okay, yeah, you're right. Fox is hosting the game, so we really true. can't get much more inside than that. But, second source yes, for XFL. Yes, and the XFL starts this week starting on Saturday. So, Jesse, That's, why don't you yes, bring up the so first Yes, so Saturday, game? February 8th. Yep. At 2 p.m. Eastern time. So, if you're listening in Colorado, that is 12 o'clock noon. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, excellent day. The Seattle, Seattle what? Dragons. The Seattle Dragons at the DC Defenders, Defenders on ABC. Okay, on ABC. The Defenders was one of the teams we identified that uh, had a pretty stacked squad. If I'm being honest, they looked really good. Honestly, the Heike could probably win it all. I don't know what they the championship is called. Quarterback, the uh, Defenders do. Yeah. yeah. So true. who's to look for? Who's to look for? Tyree Jackson, obviously. On the defenders. I think Tyree Jackson, for sure. Well, other than him. <laughs> because, I mean, well, think about it. He probably should have been an NFL backup. Yeah. So, him getting cut, I think he's going to play well in the XFL. Yeah. I mean, he was raw coming out. So, I remember we watched his film uh, when he was coming out of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And is he confirmed as a starter? That's what I want to know. Was he confirmed as a starter, Cody? I don't have the depth charts. Oh, okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, well, let's just while you guys look up that stuff, I'll remind the fans. The XFL is going to be the extension to the NFL this year. Um, and at any point, like it's going to be big time because at any point, any of the players in the XF, XFL can get picked up on an NFL roster. Yes. At any point, they can get signed. So, this is basically, now that the Super Bowl is over, the... Coaches and recruiters and scouts and the not recruiters but scouts NFL scouts can sit back and watch these games and see if anyone catches their eye and they can go and sign them. Very true, and it is free agency, so like I mean each player could 
pretty much play out the whole season and then get picked up. Yeah. Cardale so. Jones is the starter for the DC Defenders. Interesting. That is interesting. Ty Jackson is also on that team. Mm-hmm. He's, He's not going to start though. No. All right. Well, Cardale Jones. I mean, Cardale Jones is still good. Oh, yeah, I think Cardale I mean, Jones I mean, is great. I mean, you know, should the XFL be around for a couple years, they have a young guy in Tyree Jackson <laughs> and they have Cardell Jones, but that's still to be seen if they uh Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Cardell around. Jones does. Yeah. Um, so this Seattle Seahawks no, or no, sorry, no. Seattle Dragons team, you know, force of habit, they're really not that good. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm I think being we honest. Did. We did talk about that. Yeah, so we know that so this is probably gonna be a mismatch. Um, here, let's pick games. Who's gonna win this game? DC. It's gonna be DC. All right, great. So that they, was they easy. They have a pretty decent defense too, honestly. Yeah. They have Matt Elam starting at strong safety, and even though Ooh. he didn't really work out in the NFL, I feel like he could dominate on this level of competition. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The so the Dragons uh, captains—they're probably the most notable people. But it's wide receiver Keenan Reynolds. You might remember him as Navy's old quarterback, right? Yeah. Back in the day, so he's there. Linebacker Steven Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's he's a rotational guy in the NFL. He might be good. And then running back Kenneth Farrow. And that's pretty much it. And I then, mean BJ Daniels isn't a horrible quarterback. Yeah, I was about to mention him. He's alright. I just like I said, so this is interesting because we all kind of got to lower our expectations because they're all playing against talent that's not as good. It's so, NFL, yeah, it's going to be completely different than the yeah. NFL. So it'll be and good to gonna see... it's not going to be quite college either. It's uh-huh. going to be a weird... It's going to be semi-pro. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it will be semi-pro. But obviously these it'll players are all good. Watch. Yeah. And BJ Daniels isn't... Or wait. Yeah, he's so he's not going to play. Brandon Silvers will start on uh, Saturday. So, really? Yeah, so they have been splitting, uh, you know, reps at practice, but I'm thinking they said that Silvers is going to start. He's the priority, and so yeah, he's going to get that start. He'll probably get most of the snaps. If I'm being honest, so we'll see. I'm definitely worried about the Seattle uh, Dragon squad, though. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, they they so these teams could have made trades, and some have. Uh, the Dragons have done nothing. So there you go. Right, we'll the defenders, they've basically kept everyone except for Max McCaffrey because he's, he's here. He's going to be a coach at UNC. Yeah, so he's yeah. here. We've, he's so, we've all seen him. Yeah, yeah. He's we've in the building. Not this building that we're recording from. No. But in the building being at the. Northern Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he is no longer on the team. Yeah. And so that was. I thought that would have been interesting no, to watch. No, that's a big loss. That's a big loss. Yeah, it is a big loss. A good, uh, he'd be a really good semi pro receiver. Yeah. So. But um, they'll still be fine, though. I know they have good running backs, a great defense. They have multiple quarterbacks they could pick from. So yeah. it'll be good. So what's the next game right, after and that? Our next game is at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So this time it would be 3 o'clock. Yes, 3 p.m. Mountain time. Mountain standard time. And it's on Fox. And it is the L.A. Wildcats. The L.A. Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks. Oh, LA Wildcats! What is this high school musical? I know. LA Wildcats. How bad of a name that is. <laughs> okay. But anyways, so the Wildcats—they recently traded um, the guy that I thought was going to be their starting quarterback, Luis Perez, to the New York Guardians, and I'm pretty sure Luis Perez is going to start with the Guardians. So I don't know what the Wildcats are doing, but I feel like that's not the. In greatest. Elijah Hood, we trust. Yeah. <laughs> so they're probably going to feed him the ball a lot, right? That's the. Mm-hmm. He's a good running back. Yeah, yes. Um, I also have Trey McBride 
at wide receiver too. Wait, who? The Wildcats do. The Wildcats? Yes. Interesting. Who? So who's their starting quarterback? Do we know? On the roster, who? who... According to FantasyAlarm.com, <laughs> Josh Johnson is currently listed okay. at the top of the depth oh. chart. Josh Johnson's not bad. No, he, he's I not. I mean, he's definitely been a backup guy in the NFL for a number of years, so right. He's been around, so. We'll see. I think he he'll play decent. He's a career backup, right? Yeah. Like you just said. Yep. But uh, yeah. Who's the starting quarterback? Um. So they, so they're assigned one guy, but they drafted another one in the first round, anyways. Oh, is it Connor Cook? Yes. Connor Cook. Connor Cook. I'm pretty sure. All right. So I'm I'm assuming Connor Cook's gonna start. Uh yeah, I think so. We should have probably looked this up when we were doing it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Connor Cook is going to start. So it's P.J. Walker. That's the guy who they were assigned. And then they did take Connor Cook. So I'm assuming Connor Cook's going to start. Yeah, so I, yeah, I am assuming Connor Cook probably... He, I'd be surprised yeah. if he didn't take the job. But he has it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, and this Roughnecks team wasn't bad either. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like Connor Cook as the running back. Yeah. That's For uh, the Roughnecks? Yeah. Yeah. No, the Roughnecks <coughs> will be, have a good team. Yeah, and this is the squad that um, it's coached by what's his name? The guy who coached Manzo. No. No, Bob Stoops coaches Dallas. Dallas. Um, oh my gosh. He coached in the CFO. Oh, June is it June Jones? Yeah. I don't know if it's Jones, but his first name is June for sure. Something like that. Yeah, anyways. He's a good offensive coordinator though, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So who are we picking to win this one? I'm going to pick Houston. I'm going to pick Houston as well. Yeah, same. I think LA made a mistake getting rid of Luis Perez because I really liked him in the um, AAF. But it is what it is. All right, so after that, who do we got? Well, that is it. That's it for Saturday. So those games are playing playing this Saturday, well, February. That's already half the league. So. Yeah, half the game's already over. And then on Sunday, um, Sunday, February 9th, at, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Time to 12 o'clock here again on Fox, Tampa Bay. Ooh. The Tampa Bay. Um, Vipers. Vipers, yes. Tampa Bay Vipers take on the New York Guardians. Guardians. That could be, be a really good game. Honestly. That will be very interesting. So here, I'll I'll take a look at the Guardians roster. So, like I said, they traded for Luis Perez. I'm pretty positive he will be their starter. I can't, because they, they kind of got screwed they over. They also have Matt McGloin, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do have Matt McGloin. A couple of former Raiders quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. in the XFL. Because that's who the Wait. Raiders like to take. Yeah. Did the Connor Paris? Cook was... Oh, 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 okay. Not, not on the same team. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy is that they actually scrimmaged um, January 21st. So that's like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they've already played each other, which is interesting. Um... So I got some I got some news on that. Matt McGloin, I think, will be the starter. I don't think he got hurt since then, but I'm pretty sure he's the starter. So in that uh, scrimmage, he came out firing. He tested Tampa Bay, and he threw for three touchdowns by halftime. But he also threw two picks. So is Matt, McGloin, <laughs> is Matt McGloin is the same Matt McGloin that we knew in the NFL, which is kind of concerning. I yeah, it's I, concerning. Well, no, because the XFL. This is going to be a lot sloppier than what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be more picks. There's going to be a lot of different playbooks being used as far as offensive systems. Yeah. And I don't 
No, it's it's gonna be even more semi-pro, I think, than the AAF was. Really? Yeah. It's not cool. BS cleaned up. No. No. Well, it's still it's still the XFL, well, and the yeah, rules are all XFL. kind of a little janky too. Yeah. Well, wait. Why are the rules janky? Did you not hear about like like the different rules? Yeah, I did, but like they didn't seem like that big of a deal, honestly. Well, wait and see. Just watch the games yeah, and we, you'll find out. Yeah, we, we could watch it because I feel like it's still going to look fine. I'm going to watch it on Saturday. Yeah, me and too. Sunday. I'm going to watch it. If I don't have work, then yes. I we will. do not have, do not have work. work. Oh, Thursday Thursday Friday, watch part? Wait. Thursday and Friday, we have work. work. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, okay. Yeah, but all right. Hey, let's let's watch some. Yep, let's we'll do watch it. some. And then, all right, so who are we picking in that game? Okay. So for the Guardian, or sorry... The Vipers, did we really talk about them? Aaron Murray is their starter. Mm-hmm. And he played well in the scrimmage, it said. So yeah. he was he was firing. He looked pretty polished. Um, so okay. saying this is probably the best game of the weekend. Oh, absolutely. Mm, we'll see. I don't know what I this feel like this will be a really back and forth game, but I feel like... <sighs> I might give it to Tim Beck. I'm going to take the Guardians. Oh my gosh, so... <laughs> so what's it gonna be, Simon? What's it gonna be? We're at one and one. I'm gonna have to say Tampa Bay, because yeah, I don't like the fact. I know it's semi-pro, but the fact that uh, what's his name, McGloin, threw McGloin, two interceptions yeah. with three touchdowns. That's, that's the big thing. If Luis Perez was starting, it'd be different. Yeah. Well, because I think if I'm being honest, I didn't see anything about it, so I don't know who's starting. But I'm pretty sure. I want to say that if Matt McGloin plays bad to start, Luis Perez will enter in the second half. And there will be, like, I feel like a lot of people will be, you know, putting that pressure on, too. Because, I mean, not that this really has anything to do with it. But the last time Luis Perez was in a black uniform, it was for the Birmingham Iron, and he was the best quarterback in that league. So, we're just going to keep that in mind. Um, I think there's a very big chance that there's already going to be a quarterback change halfway through this game. And Aaron Murray, like I said, he looked good in that scrimmage against them. So... That might be something to keep an eye on. Aaron Murray might be the best quarterback in this league. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Murray was really good in college. He never just, he never really got a chance mm-hmm. in, the NFL. in the NFL. Yeah, he was a career backup with the Chiefs. He really was. Yeah. Unless so. he gets a new career following this XFL stint. You're right. The face of the franchise. Face of the XFL. Or the league, yes. Anyways, all right, moving all right. on. Last game, last, last game. Last game. I'm hyped Saturday. about this one. Um, on ESPN, St. Yeah. Louis... The St. Louis. Battlehawks. Yep. Battlehawks versus the Dallas. Renegades. 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 Yeah. Renegades. All right, Renegades. So on ESPN. On ESPN. I follow the Renegades on Facebook because they post a lot. And if I'm being honest, well, first things first, the Renegades fan base is pretty big, as I could see. Like, out of all the XFO teams, they have already a pretty big following. So, to start out, Landry Jones is going to be our quarterback starter. And there's not a lot of other people behind it. Um, and this is a team, this Renegades team is a team that looks really good on paper. I think we all agreed that they drafted well, right? Mm-hmm. The Renegades, I feel like, are the best put-together team in this league. Oh, yeah. Coached by Bob Stoops, of course. So, Landry Jones, the starter. The running backs, their two running backs consist of Cameron, Cameron Artis Payne and Lance Dunbar. Both of them have started in the NFL. Yes, and I think Payne 
I'm pretty sure they go split carries, but Payne is going to be the one to start out with. Mm-hmm. At least that's what's listed right here. Denbar can catch out the backfield too. Really he can. Well. well, they could both catch out the backfield. Yeah. Which is scary. So look at these linebackers in the oh. XFL. <laughs> oh might. my. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much rust Dunbar has to shake off though. Yeah. Because he hasn't played in a while. I mean, like a year or two. He was in Dallas when Tony Cowboy, Romo yeah. was, wasn't he? Yes, he was a Cowboy. <laughs> so, I mean. And then he stole something, and so that's how he got cut, which is... Right. That's tough. And then receivers, they got Jeff, is it Badet? Badet from Oklahoma? Badet. Badet? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their starting receiver. <laughs> the receivers aren't as good. Jazz Ferguson is their next one. So, yeah, there you go. Line looks pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This Renegades team on paper looks really good. Frank Alexander from Oklahoma on the defensive line. They got Haloe Kikaha, the standout from Washington. He was with the Saints for a really long time. Surprised he didn't uh, get picked up by an NFL team. They also got T. Gray Scales, the linebacker from Indiana. They have Trey Watson, another linebacker uh, from Maryland, who's a standout. And then uh, their defensive backs, eh. Not not as many people here, I'd say. I think the person that stands out the most, I think, is Deshaun Phillips. So it's not that great. I mean, St. Louis Battlehawks have a good one-two as far as XFL standards of running back scopes. They have Matt Jones and Christine Michael, yes. who also have both started in the NFL. Yes, that would be interesting. If Matt Jones doesn't fumble, he would probably still be in the NFL. That's You're true. Right. He'd probably yeah. still be a starter. Yeah. He's an athletic freak. He's really big, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and if he doesn't fumble the ball, then he might be able to carry the city of St. Louis <laughs> on his back. Yeah. yeah. With Christine Michael, and so this will be a great game to watch, I feel, because we got two great running backs on each side. You know, it'll be a nice grounded pound mm-hmm. game. Who's St. Louis starting quarterback? Is or it Taylor Heineke? Oh, oh yeah. really? Taylor Heineke. That's great, because I thought Nick Fitzgerald or Jordan Tayamu might have pushed him. But Heineke, use a good backup. Yeah, no. I feel like they have a decent amount of depth at quarterback, honestly. Yeah. So if they need to make a change, they can, and they'll still be in a game. Yeah. I want. I kind of want to see one of the younger guys in there, just to, you know, see how good they are. You start off safe with the veteran, and then to keep your job, you put in the rookie because the owner's like, Barwin. Yeah. Is there anybody else notable on this Battlehawk squad? Not really. If they're, if they're gonna win, it's gonna be on the back of. I honestly, I feel like Matt Jones. Matt Jones could actually make a name for himself in the XFL. Mm-hmm. How many yards are you predicting for Matt Jones? Uh, it is semi-pro, so I'm gonna guess 180. What? Dang! I'm not gonna go that crazy. I'm gonna say probably more along the line because he's gonna be splitting carries with Christy Michael. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be the lead back. But I feel like Matt Jones could rush for 80. But I feel like he'd go for three touchdowns. Three touchdowns? Three touchdowns. Against this Renegades defense? Yeah, because if Matt Jones is inside the three-yard <coughs> line, he's going to score yeah. against anyone in the XFL. If he Because he, he, he only has <laughs> – he doesn't have that many feet left to go to drop the ball on the ground. Very it's when he's true. in the open field that he just loses it. Very true. All, All right. right, well, that is on Sunday. Wait, so what are our picks? I Dallas. Like this is obvious. I'm taking Dallas. Dallas. I'm, taking da- I'm still taking Dallas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I keep, I'm going to pick Dallas pretty much every time. <laughs> My name's Simon, and I'm from Texas. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Andrew Jones is also uh, coming off an injury, so that might be worth keeping an eye on. 
Good luck, man. Yeah. Landon, <laughs> no Landon, 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 Landon Jones, Jones bro. is about to be the Patrick Mahomes of the XFL. Hey, don't look at me like that. What do you <laughs> y- want? Y'all can't look at it. Y'all can't see me. But Landry Jones is in the XFL for a reason. Because he's a clown. And you think Matt McGloin throwing interceptions is concerning? I wouldn't be surprised if Landry Jones threw like four touchdowns and four interceptions in his first game. We'll, we'll see. He's I was a Steelers fan. His, so I was an him. OU fan. I know. I've seen him, bro. Hey, remember when our friend, well, not even our friend, but our acquaintance said that Baker Mayfield looked the same as Landry Jones? <laughs> Cody's getting up and leaving right now. But so, that, all right, that means it's the end of this segment. Yeah, so that's the end of this segment. Um, <laughs> the XFL when we come back, Simon Why'd is going to... Why'd you remind me? <laughs> Simon is, is going to give his take on Kobe since he was not here last week. Yes, I'll give my take. I have a lot of memories, so we could go over that. But, uh, yeah, coming up next... Welcome back to the Cycle 365. Uh, so it is just me, Simon Voyanos, with my take on Kobe passing. So I am not a Lakers fan at all. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. But I vividly remember Kobe Bryant being the first basketball player that I knew the name of. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, he was a close second. But Kobe, everyone knew who Kobe was. And... <clears throat> Man, it's a shame that he passed away. I honestly could not believe it. I was working at a wrestling tournament, and you know the news broke and got really quiet in the in the building uh, altogether. It was like bustling and it was loud. And then next thing I knew, it was super quiet. So I'll honestly never forget that. But anyways, Kobe is one of the first basketball players that I did look up to. Shaq, obviously, he was one. You know, Kobe and Shaq they were leading that Lakers dynasty for a while, but. Kobe, he was he was always somebody that I kind of looked up to from a work ethic standpoint. Everyone knows Mamba mentality, working hard, focusing and all that. But for me, I definitely took that personally and I wanted to embody that in everything I do. And it is so sad that he is gone because he's, he's just 40. And you know what? I'll, I'll be the first one to bring it up. You know, he did have some problems in his past, you know, uh, sexual assault allegations and, you know, it is a stain on his legacy. I'll just say that. Honestly, it is a stain on his legacy, but, and this is not to discredit that at all. He has done a lot to make up for it at points. You know, I suggest that people do look at the apology that he issued after that because compared to pretty much the apology of anybody else that it has ever been in that position, it actually seemed very genuine and he seemed like he was extremely sorry and all that. And for me, that speaks volumes. It doesn't, you know, excuse what he did, but it definitely shows the maturity, the grace he had, you know, in a lot of ways. But that aside, his legacy was to be something I'll always remember because honestly, I, I lived it. <laughs> you know, I was there to see it all happen. You know, I, for the longest time, you know, I did not watch basketball. I did not watch a season of basketball without seeing Kobe Bryant playing it. And, you know, that's a really big deal for me, Kobe. He he was a big part of that culture, you know. A lot of people, like 90s kids especially, had Michael Jordan. But I strongly believe that two, early 2000s kids had, uh, had Kobe, you know. And I was definitely one of those kids. And I've been blessed to watch him play. 
Uh, I have a lot of memories of Kobe. I think my favorite one definitely had to be his last game. I know we said it on the podcast last week, but I remember watching not even the full game, but half of it because I, I had something to go to before. But I watched half of it. I watched it with my brothers and my dad back when he was alive still. And it was honestly one of my favorite memories ever, you know. Um, if I remember correctly, the Jazz... They were fighting for a playoff spot, and I think they found out halfway through that they wouldn't make it uh, to the playoffs, but, you know, this game still mattered. And so it was Kobe's farewell game, obviously, and they played tough. They didn't take it easy on him. They played really good defense, and Kobe was hitting shots, and obviously he went for 60, and I remember how crazy it was seeing somebody basically playing his last game before retirement dropping 60 points. I don't think we will ever see that happen again. I highly doubt I could see LeBron doing that even it's you know it's it's something to to really to really marvel at if I'm being honest it was such a great memory another great memory and this isn't a slight towards him but it was a good memory for me but I remember when my 2011 Dallas Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Lakers and Kobe and they swept him actually they didn't even win a game and I remember being so happy because I thought if we could beat the defending champs, the Lakers, who really didn't lose anybody, they had everybody there, they just lost, then we could beat anybody. So it, I knew that was that was the team of destiny when we beat Kobe because of the level of excellence and, and success that Kobe and the Lakers have had, you know, up at that point in the league. So, so yeah, but, oh man, it's, it's such a shame though, because Kobe, even after retirement, was doing a lot of big things. He has been, or was, I guess, he was probably one of the bigger influences on WNBA basketball in terms of, like, promoting it and, you know, really supporting it. Because there are a lot of NBA players who say the right things in support of it, but they don't really, like, care that much. Kobe was somebody who did. And I think a lot of that stems from him having four daughters. So I saw this on ESPN a bit ago. But one of the reporters, she was recalling the first time and only time she ever met and talked to Kobe Bryant. And, you know, she remembers saying that he loved being a girl dad. Because at the time she was pregnant, she found out, I think it was a girl and, you know, or something like that. And he was like, oh, well, I hope it's a girl because girls are the best. I love him. And that shows a lot about how he is as a parent. There are not a lot of parents that are like that, honestly. Nonetheless, a, a an athlete, a, pro- a former professional athlete who, um, you know, who travels all the time, who cares that much about the kids. And Kobe Bryant was an excellent dad to his kids. And, uh, you know, honestly, a big feminist, which is ironic to say, but a big feminist in terms of uh, sports and athletics for sure. And it's a shame that he's gone. It really is because I feel like he's done a lot to help out, you know, women's basketball in a lot of ways, you know, whether it was putting on camps for them for sure. Or, you know, supporting it and being there, it's 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 a lot, you know. And, you know, the it's they're losing a lot when they're losing someone like Kobe Bryant, who's a huge supporter of it and has been. Oh, man. And like I said, it's not just women's basketball, you know, it's it's everyone. Everyone, you know, is gonna miss Kobe and his impact because he has done a lot for a lot of people, you know, he's been a big mentor figure. Uh, I think the biggest thing separating him and Michael Jordan is that Kobe, you know, yes, there's Mamba mentality and working hard, but Kobe definitely, you know, he he mentors pretty much any, well, not any, but most 
uh, professional basketball players. A lot of them, you know, he has relationships with them. Michael Jordan, you know, he's never really been a good mentor like that. You know, he's been closed off to some. Everyone knows that Michael Jordan and LeBron don't really have the greatest relationship. And that's just who MJ is. He's not as good of a person as Kobe, in my opinion. And, you know, that's, that's something that would definitely be missed. Kobe Bryant, he loved the game of basketball. And even... When he retired, he was doing things in honor of basketball. I don't know if people remember this, but he had a documentary that he made himself a short or a short film, I should say, a short film that he made himself called, you know, Dear Basketball. And it's all over YouTube, so you should look it up. But that uh, short film actually won an Oscar, which is amazing. You know, like how many, well, actually at all, how many people win an Oscar? You know, this guy, he won NBA championships, Oscars. It's insane, but anyways, that short film, it definitely captures how much he loved basketball, how much it did, um, you know, bring him happiness, if I'm being honest, and, you know, it's an, it's, it's inspiring, because I truly believe that as much as Kobe Bryant loved basketball, I love football, you know, Kobe is an excellent example of an athlete just loving their sport, and playing their sport, not for, you know, the accolades and money and all that and fame, but playing for the love of it. And Kobe Bryant, you know, obviously he was chasing accolades and stuff like that, but I definitely believe that he played for the love of the game. He wanted to, you know, bring success to the game of basketball, be successful in the game of basketball, and, you know, give back to a game that has done so much for him. And, you know, I feel like that says a lot. So... Anyways, those are my thoughts on Kobe Bryant. Not a whole ton. I know my Dallas Mavericks are retiring his number two. Uh, I just wanted to comment on that as the last thing. So, not a lot of people know this, but back in 2006, Kobe Bryant, you know, demanded a trade. I think everyone knew that he demanded a trade. But, something that not a lot of people know, but Mavericks fans know, and this was confirmed back in 2016, was that Mark Cuban did swing a, a trade for Kobe Bryant. The deal was going to be Kobe some cash exceptions, so some salary, no, sorry, not cash exceptions, but it would have been Kobe, some salary dumps, so, you know, some players just to get rid of salary, for Jason Terry, Jerry Stackhouse, and then I want to say there's some cash too, or something like that, and then a first round pick, and so Cuban had the deal done, the deal was done, they agreed on it, but at the last, at the last second, like literally the last second, Jerry Buss uh, convinced Kobe Bryant to, you know, not go through with his trade request and the rest is history. So that's one way. I, I know it's a little whack that they retired his number, but uh, there's definitely a connection there. You know, Kobe was almost a maverick and, you know, it, there's definitely an argument that Kobe might have more rings, you know, if he was with the Mavericks. Imagine Kobe and Dirk. If he was with the Mavericks, then, you know, if he stayed with the Lakers because, you know, they, they would have had a good time. Kobe, Jason Kidd. And Dirk would have been amazing. It would have been fantastic. But either way, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Rest in power. Rest in paradise. Uh, condolences to the Bryant family, Vanessa, and uh, you know his uh, the daughters that they left behind or that he left behind. You know, it's extremely sad. Well, and rest in peace and rest in power to uh, you know to Gigi Bryant, who was an excellent basketball player and person altogether such a sad thing but i needed to make sure i got my two cents in anyways that will wrap up the 19th episode of the 
cycle 365. This uh, specific portion was recorded on February 5th, but everything else was recorded on February 3rd. Anyways, follow us on social media and, you know, watch the XFL coming up this week. We will definitely be watching it. All right.